But I think, you know, the UK market is, I would think, probably the most forward-thinking of the world, actually, in terms of consumer demand. Hello, and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. It's too complicated to measure our impact. We don't have the resources. Nobody cares. We can't afford it. Yes, you can, and yes, you must. And in the Make an Impact podcast, Heidi Fisher explores how organisations put impact at the heart of what they do and how you can too. In today's episode, I'm talking to Vicky Smith from Earth Changers about how travel and tourism can be made more sustainable and how, as tourists, we can make better choices that have a positive impact on communities and the environment. So, Vicky, could you tell me a bit about Earth Changers and why you set it up? Sure. So, Earth Changers is a curated collection, if you like, of um, positive impact sustainable tourism. So it's not about minim- just about minimising negative impacts to tourism, but it's about maximising positive impacts. So tourism, which contributes in, in local destinations into things like health, education, water, energy, um, you know, all the SDGs and more, basically. Um, I suppose that the sort of overall reason for setting up is that tourism um, is a very big sector in this world. It's 10 percent of all um, GDP and supports 10 percent of all jobs. So it reaches into countries in a way that other sectors don't. So if you look at something like an extractive mining sector, it only affects the jobs in that very small location, whereas tourism pretty much goes everywhere apart from probably war zones. So in many ways, it's seen as one of the best sectors to deliver sustainable development goals and impacts. And so much so the UN um, named 2017 the year of sustainable tourism for development. And so my background was in travel industry. Originally, I worked in ski, lakes and mountains holidays. Um, I got involved in internet tech and travel in the late 90s, so quite early days. And I came into sustainable tourism early 2000s um, and literally sort of switched into only wanting to work from, for sustainable tourism, responsible tourism in about 2005 and six. And I worked both for commercial companies who I felt weren't being um, sustainable enough, weren't sort of bothered about the impacts enough and purpose enough. And I worked for NGOs who were all about the purpose and the impact, and they didn't really get the commercial side of the market. And I always felt there's nothing that really hits bang in the middle of those two things, which you actually needs to do. Um, and so I actually had a personal ski injury. Um, I obliterated my neem ligaments, which led to a year of, um, sort of reconstruction surgery and stuff like that. So given a, 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 the potential of a year on crutches and knowing that I wasn't either going to be able to travel personally or do my freelance jobs that I was meant to be doing um, and that I was going to have to sit at home and put my leg up and just sort of deal with it um, and possibly do some random online job, I thought, well, now's the time to start my own website. I mean, I'd wanted to do that since 2006. I'd spent a decade getting all the different experiences um, I knew I wanted in order to be able to really discern, discern uh, what's really sustainable and what's not. Um, and so, yeah, a decade down the line after doing lots of different jobs in, in sustainable tourism, I thought, OK, now's the time to do it. So um, took a bit of a gamble, really, I suppose, that year and put together a site and took it to one of our big trade shows called the World Travel Market about six months later and said to suppliers, what do you think of this? And they said, great, do it. Um, launched officially about three, four months after that, at the biggest trade show in the world for travel. Um, and it's kind of taken on its own momentum, really, from there. I never quite knew where it was going to go. Um, it was just something that I felt, uh, A, was missing in the market, and B, it was the right thing to do. So it was more coming from that angle. Mm. 
Wow, it sounds amazing. And it, it took a, a decade to um, come from idea to fruition. But that's probably because I'm a bit of a, you know, I like to um, really understand what I'm dealing with properly. And so, you know, in that time, I did a master's in responsible choice and management. Um, I became a, uh, well, initially a, a guide and then a marketing manager also for um, charity challenges and volunteer tourism. I wrote my master's thesis on the marketing and greenwashing of volunteer tourism. So I became a specialist in that. Um, you know, I, I, I through my volunteer tourism and, and charity challenges, I was able to experience sort of iconic destinations like Kilimanjaro, Machu Picchu, Sahara Desert, kayaking down Zambezi, all these sorts of things, but really see how tourism works in those places and see what it does and it doesn't, you know, achieve in terms of impacts. And knowing I had a mass market background already, I'd worked in sort of web tech and web development and everything. Um, and it was really through working in mass market that hit me how terrible tourism is. You know, it was a big penny drop moment for me from 2001 and then a series of penny drop moments really for, for the next sort of five years or so. Um, and so, yeah, it, I, I trained as a ranger and worked out in South Africa for a while. So lots and lots of different things I did in order to really come at it from from every angle and make sure I knew thoroughly. Because tourism is quite complex. Um, people don't tend to think about it, but it's actually a sort of real big recipe of ingredients, which is about constructions of hotels and energy and water and waste and staffing and, you know, treating treating staff fairly. Um, it's about obviously environment and conservation and wildlife and uh, heritage and history and all these things have to come together to make a more sustainable product if you like um so it's quite a lot to deal with and quite a lot to learn wow hmm. so um you you've talked about your own journey around sustainable travel but I've also noticed that it, it's sort of quite trendy to talk about sustainable travel mm. um and it it seems to be growing in in popularity but um it's also at the same time seems quite a niche area to me is, mm. is that how it really is or is it actually more popular than I think <laughs> it's really interesting um I mean it's certainly niche niche when I started 13 years ago um and it's definitely grown since then. And the popularity of sustainability as a whole obviously helps things grow since then. I mean, I, I really like, you know, I'm in ethical business circles and impact circles. And often when you talk to people running various impact businesses, actually their realizations and their own penny drops started through travel. So it's just not something they necessarily think of as a, because people think of it as holidays. Yeah, They don't think of it as um a purposeful impactful thing to buy so it hasn't quite had the sort of proliferation of some of the other sustainability lifestyle elements so I think things like fashion um have got higher consumer consciousness and just general lifestyle stuff because it's tangible and tourism's not and they don't really a lot of people don't really understand what is sustainable tourism and so you know I've spent a lot of time writing about that and what it is and what it isn't as well as sort of promoting what I do um so within, within the travel industry as a whole, I mean, I put a question out on a forum to friends the other day. I mean, it's what our biggest forum uh, for responsible travel is about, uh, I think, 16,000 people, something like that now, uh, worldwide. Um, and I said, does anyone have a good gut feeling what percentage it would be of, of the tourism market? And everyone's like, oh, no idea. No, it's really hard to tell because any tourism can be more sustainable. 
So, you know, even, I mean, my least favorite type of tourism is cruise, right? But even that can be more sustainable. I mean, that's horrifically polluting environmentally. Socially, it's really bad with both staff, but also destinations. So, but even that has so much room for improvement. So, um, I mean, that's not necessarily the product I deal with. So I deal with product, the real top level of sustainability, which is probably, you know, a bit more niche people that really specifically want that. But a lot of things like overland trips that people wouldn't necessarily think about responsible tourism. So um, I don't know, the, the likes of sort of intrepid travel and uh, explore and exodus and people like this. You know, they are getting really responsible these days because their nature of their businesses is so involved in destinations and so involved in local people and culture that it almost inevitably has to be. Um, so it's a real difficult line to say, where do you draw the line between what is responsible? Because it's sort of like a, um, a range of, res- of levels of responsibility, if you like. So, yeah. Um, and then we've got things like package holidays. You know, in the UK, it's the biggest market and still, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, and, you know, TUI, which is the biggest company in, in um, the travel market globally, they do amazing work on sustainability. I mean, they, they do an annual report every year. They've got the most a carbon efficient airline, which is their charter airline. Um, they just, they're putting all their hotels through sort of accreditation programs. So, you know, even if you're going on a package holiday, you can have much better impact. Um, it's just that consumers haven't been that very much interested in it until now. Now they're starting to be. Now they've kind of got the tangibles done. They've under, they're stand, understanding plastic and they're understanding clothing and things like that. And it's almost like, well, what's next? And then we start to get into the intangibles and the service stuff and tourism then is becoming, uh, you know, greater in the consciousness. But I think, you know, the UK market is, I would think, probably the most forward thinking of the world, actually, in terms of consumer demand. We've got an incredible ethical uh, consumer market generally, um, but we've also probably got the best social enterprise market. So, you know, you combine those two things. Um, I mean, in my web traffic, I probably have as many people from the US as the UK, but obviously as a percentage of the actual population, it's, it's quite different. Yeah. Um, so there's the sort of the demand side of things is, is, is good here. It's really growing. Somewhere like Asia, it's minimal. I mean, the, mm. the, the consumer market there is just little consciousness over things like mm. plastic. But, you know, we've got David Attenborough to help to, to thank for... <laughs> An awful lot of stuff, absolutely. Um, and then on the supply side of things, you know, where I work with amazing people and places and projects, pretty much all over the world, Africa is amazing because they've had to because of wildlife for a long time. Um, Latin America has incredible amounts of stuff going on also. Probably, yeah, there's, there's, there's you know, there's wildlife elements obviously there, places like Costa Rica or whatever. There's also great social impact stuff going on in Latin America. So Asia maybe is slightly, slightly less in terms of, you know, they've got a lot of places in Asia that claim to be more responsible, but then the level of sustainability is not as good in Asia. But that's probably because the Asian market isn't as interested. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot happening. So um, I, I could almost imagine that um, TUI will rebrand with a, with a purpose in, in the next um, two or three years. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> underlining everything already um you know they are very very good yeah they'll be promoting their um ethical approach to travel uh, much more than what they are doing now because um I suppose it like you say it goes in in parallel to as consumers change their behavior and want to know more about it then people start to 
exactly and you know i don't know if you know that you'll know the term greenwashing of course but i don't know if you know the term green hushing no (laughs) you get a lot of green hushing in tourism and it's where companies are actually really good but they don't want to talk about it because they feel they're not good enough so they keep quiet yeah so you know tui will talk about it in trade events and but less less so in consumer things i think it's hard in travel and you know particularly at this time we've got climate break breakdown and nature breakdown and travel companies are a bit conflicted within themselves because they know they're also contributing to negative Mm. emissions so it's like oh how do i talk about this you know it's quite a difficult thing to handle i mean where i sit on that is um i'm not someone to support no flying because tourism supports so much of the developing world in terms of you know jobs and income and things like that and also conservation so if we didn't fly you know the vast majority of conservation income comes because people travel and comes from those donations so if we didn't fly we wouldn't have our endangered species i mean it's tough enough as it is so there's a negative impact obviously of the emissions of flying but there's a positive impact of cultural uh, learning and engagement and you know real amazing positives that come out of travel the number of social enterprises in the uk probably set up because people connected with those issues when they traveled quite often so there's a balance and and i think the danger is that consumer public like simple messages and they like things to be black and white and easy and tourism isn't easy and it's all about balance and it's all about trade-offs and it's just where your line sits on that and that can be subjective sometimes because Mm. you know as you'll know some people have a sort of bias towards social impacts and some people have a bias towards environmental impacts and sometimes they conflict with each other a little bit yes definitely Mm. so um what would you say has been your biggest challenge so far oh gosh starting a business full stop (laughs) um which is great I mean I love it It's, it's 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 Every day you're learning and it's uphill. The biggest challenge I think right now is funding in something like what I'm doing because I'm not an NGO, so I can't get the grant level. I'm not a CIC because I can't have an asset lock because actually it would preclude a lot of tourism interest. Um, so you're, you're a limited company, but you're in effect a sort of social enterprise by your nature, if you like. Um, and people will look and think, oh, well, you've got lots of nice products, so you must have lots of money. And that's not necessarily true. So, so yeah, I think, um, and I'm, you know, I'm at the point where um, what I've created is, you know, it's a prototype, if you like, it's the basis of what I want to do, but I need to scale up, for example, the destinations that I have on the site. Mm-hmm. And I need to scale up things like measuring and monitoring and bringing all their impact data. So I work with, you know, I'm an aggregator really, and I work with so many different places who measure and monitor different things in different ways. And at the moment, that's not comparable. And obviously, I'd love it to be at some point in time. But, you know, trying to do that sort of work, um, I don't necessarily have the resources for that right now. And so, yeah, I need to scale up and to get the resources I need to get the help I need um, requires a bit of financing and funding. Mm. So yes, that's the yeah. hardest thing. Um, let, let's have a, a chat about that later, because I may have one or two ideas for you. Ah, OK, great. Um, Always open to those sorts of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I noticed um, that you've won an award. I have. Um, so tell us yeah. a little bit about this award that you've just won. Well, actually, uh, we also share we share awards too, you and I. Um, last night I won the Travel Mall, which is a big um, global travel media company. Um, I won their Responsible Travel and Tourism website 2019, which I was wow. amazed at because I was up against two really big uh, 
well-established global companies. One's existed for 15 years, one's existed for 30 years. Um, they're both very active in this market. And um, it was a public vote. So it you know, goes to public databases of, of contacts. And clearly as a startup of only two and a half years, I'm relatively a little, a little minnow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I didn't stand a chance in hell, quite frankly. And somehow managed managed to win, and I was so so amazed and really shocked and really delighted, obviously. And um, yeah, I've had a lot of messages of congratulations today, and I was very excited today. Um, I mean, that's huge recognition for a little startup like me. And the reason you know I've won and why people think it is, it's they voted for the best representation of responsible tourism on a website. And I'm very much purpose first and impact first, so I'm not profit first. And I think people see see the difference. Um, yeah. And the other companies are probably more commercial in orientation. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, it's been a good year. I mean, I was in the NatWest SC100 as well. That's the one that I think okay. we had. Yeah. Um, and I was a finalist uh, for the storytelling category of that. Um, and then I, gosh, what else? I've Oh, I was asked to be um, an ambassador for DEFRA for the Year of Green Action this year. So that's quite a good um, accolade too, obviously. That was, what's really nice about that is they didn't, likewise, they didn't go out and go for the biggest pe- biggest influencers or anything like that. They asked people who are talking with integrity about their subjects um, and sort of that's been quite an active year of involvement with them in various things like Bees Needs Week and um, sort of food issues and all these things come into tourism hugely. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I, I can make an effort talking about those sorts of things when I go to a DEFRA event, but then relate it to tourism and talk about how it how it works with tourism. Wow. So mm. it sounds like it's onwards and upwards. And I wonder what awards you'll get next year. Oh gosh, no, I think next year needs to be a bit of a quiet year of actually doing business development. <laughs> this year's been lots of marketing, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, great. You've got to do those things to, to get known and um to build your web traffic and to 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 introduce what you're doing, you know, to, to the public. Um, so but yes a very good year and it was my birthday this week so I was celebrating wow see it all happens it's all timed magically by the universe exactly get an award celebrate that your birthday party just goes on for longer exactly and I you know I very much look back at my knee injury if I hadn't done that I might not have started this site at that point in time so that was absolutely serendipitous as well Mm. Yes, definitely. Um, So obviously you've talked loads about the impact that tourism has and things. And also you've mentioned about the the destinations um, measuring their impact in particular ways and you looking at that. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about how they are measuring their impact or how you are thinking about measuring your impact? Sure. Now, yeah, I mean, you know, they, uh, for example, you might have a tour company or a lodge. And they will, so let's say a lodge, right? It's probably easier to describe. Well, not actually both. Um, they will measure things like water usage, uh, you know, and energy usage, um, waste. They will put in place systems such as, you know, alternative energy, solar, um, wind power at times even, um, water power. Uh, how they deal with their waste, because quite often I deal with quite remote locations that don't have, certainly don't have public services, but they might be an island and so how do they you know how do they minimize what they get because they don't want to ship their waste off so they'll measure how much waste they've got and they measure what they do with it and they measure their amount of recycling um they also measure and monitor species obviously um and so they will look at um obviously hopefully 
improving and encouraging the number of different species they have within the ecosystem and the different um, the different species, but also the number of the, each species. Uh, they will be measuring and monitoring things like staffing levels, um, gender splits, pay levels. Um, they will look at the average income to the local village, for example, or destination. They will look at how many people each person who's earning supports in that within that community. So they look at sort of social impacts around that. They will look at things like how that money, once it makes that impact in a household, is then spent. So they look at, for example, it's X amount more money is going on health, X amount more money is going on education. Um, what else have we got? I mean, yeah, it's almost endless. Lots of things, things. Yeah, yeah almost endless. So, you know, obviously with something like energy, waste, water, different people measure different things in different ways. Um, so I write about it all on my website and I highlight their impacts and what they've done. Um, and, and they often have, you know, amazing initiatives, whether it's growing all their own food organically or how they minimize um, food miles or how they minimize the plastic within their operations, things like that. So I write about it a lot. And then I'll use the data that they use, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, what that means is they're not necessarily always measuring the same things in the same ways as each other. And they're not necessarily automatically comparable. But, you know, I'd love to see it in time that we start to look at holidays, um, not only buying on sustainability, but instead of having price comparison, we have sustainability comparison. And people can say, OK, that that one's got amazing. They've done extra special on conservation. They've done extra special on uh, livelihoods or whatever it is. And we you could um, set up your own scoring system for this. Yes. Uh, and, which is always going to be a bit subjective, but um, that's actually kind of what I did in my master's. Um, I had uh, a, a scoring system. They have specific criteria for each element, and yeah. if they meet that criteria, they get that score. So exactly. then you're reducing the subjectivity. Exactly. Yeah. I could imagine. Yeah. You which, if you, you know, and, and how I did my master's is, you know, although someone else might come along and give it a different score, ultimately, if the same person is scoring a number of different things, you will score in the same pattern if you know yes. the subject. Yeah. So they then become comparable. Yeah. 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 So you know where you sit compared to them. Exactly. Um, at that point in time, you can start to gamify it between people and get them competing with each other on their sustainability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it sounds good. So you've talked about um, planning and wanting to scale up. Um, what does that look like in terms of scaling up? Um, for you for, the I, for me I mean at the moment technically I probably need to replatform um, and I need to just be on a slightly more database driven kind of system so um, I mean I've done the website so far myself I'm probably at reasonable limit of my technical abilities I'm I'm not bad but you know I think I probably need a specialist on that next um, and then also just I mean I do a lot of writing and someone to come in and, you know, help support me writing about destinations. And, you know, I'm fortunate because I know lots of very specialist sustainable tourism writers and I wish I could employ them all. Yeah, and, you know, in time, you know, it's, it's about I've got a lot of I've got a, a, a big long wait list of places to put on my site. Um, and it's just, you know, it's working through them and getting them on and, you know, encouraging the consumer public to actively, proactively book this type of thing. Um, which I think they will, because coming back to the flying question, if you can have a holiday, which is, yes, you might fly to that place, but once you're there, it's purely positive impacts, basically. 
that and you know that enables people to feel good about their trips again and what's been happening with the sort of flight shame thing is people feel very guilty about going on a trip and they shouldn't necessarily because actually it can positively contribute um and it's just how you do it and it's you know we can minimize the negative frivolous stuff that we do we don't need to fly to business meetings in geneva and back again in a day we don't need to go to um you know different european cities 10 times a year so you know we can go if we go back and it's it's really only like one generation it's changed in and it's really changed with the internet but if we went back to sort of our childhood probably and those one big holiday a year and just really make that one big holiday count and make sure that where you go you're there for a significant amount of time and you're significantly contributing to local people and places and then you can say you know yeah that's that's good because mm. because those places need it as well mm. Mm. wow fantastic so is is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners no just please go and have a look at my website www.earth-changers which is e-r-s at the end.com so earth earth-changers.com uh, i'm on instagram as at earth changes all in one word I'm on Twitter at earth underscore changes underscore and on Facebook, earthchanges.travel. Fabulous. So there's loads of ways people can follow what you're doing. Yeah, if someone wants to go to a particular destination that's not on my site yet, it's probably because I just haven't caught up with all my work. And um, ping me a message and I can probably, I probably know people in those destinations that I can connect. And, you know, how I work with my site is that um, I don't take bookings or the money. I connect people so that bookings um, are made directly into the destinations. Okay. So the money goes into the destinations, but also the local people in those destinations who are in the jobs are then empowered with organising the logistics. It doesn't need to be me. It can be them. Fantastic. So thank you so much, Vicky. It's been really, really fascinating to thank you. finding out more about sustainable travel. I think it's going to be the next thing on my list. Get to have a look at it. Great. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you very much for inviting me. You've been listening to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why not leave a review or rating? And if you'd like to be on the show, then please get in touch via my website, makeanimpactcic.co.uk. Thank you for listening.